Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, 7.01 p.m. Central Time. We are one minute late. It is Tony Catalina's fault. My name is Arjo Ochoa. This is the Blog and the Boys Roundtable. We convene here around the proverbial table, just like the Knights uh, of King Arthur's Court, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time to discuss the state of the Dallas Cowboys, the state of the four and one Dallas Cowboys. You can watch us live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can always catch the rewatch at your own convenience, or you can listen to the show as a podcast. We do put it up as well on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. As mentioned, I am Arjo Choi. You can see, hear, and read all of these gentlemen all throughout the Blog and the Boys universe. We're going to go in clockwise order, as we always do. Last week, we had a co-BTB roundtable champion. Everybody who was here won. All four of these guys uh, were here. So that will not be the case tonight. Uh, Tony Catalina, who, again, is responsible for us being late, responsible in the sense that his Boston Red Sox are so terrible that they couldn't be a playoff team this year. And my Houston Astros had to had to fall on the grenade of, of being, you know, in the Tuesday afternoon slot. So that pushed us here. So, Tony, really your fault uh, when we boil it down to brass tacks. David Howman here to defend Mike McCarthy's honor. Uh, thank you, Howman. The latest edition of the McCarthy Chronicles is up. I cannot wait to see you and Dan Rogers square off because Dan hates Mike McCarthy. Dan, I want to already give 100 points to doing his best Nick Sirianni impersonation with the highlighter on his visor. Dan, that is well done. I did notice that. Congratulations to you. The podcast audience is missing out on that. Finally, uh, last in the, the clockwise order, but certainly not last in any other sense. It is Brandon Clements, the icebreaker, as his Twitter handle would have you indicate. Brandon, have you ever broken ice? Um, whether physically or metaphorically, like, you know, a, a cool introduction to a conversation at a dinner party or something? It gets very cold up in upstate New York, so definitely broken a few ice cubes over the years. And by mm. the way, I got to give Tony a little love, too, because hey, I'm a Red Sox fan, too. So it's been it's tough to watch the uh, the Red Sox you know, not being in it and watching the Astros win the games. And I'm hoping that uh, hopefully the Mariners come back. Sorry, RJ. I just want to see the Mariners win. But at the end of the day, as long as it's as long as it's not the Yankees, I'm happy. Yeah, so we're all rooting for the Guardians, right, Tony? I mean, that that's what this comes down to? I'm anti-Yankee in any sense, so there we go. Um, right on. Let's get to a couple of our commenters who have been waiting very patiently. Um, so first of all, Kyle Wolf uh, is apparently uh, an Astros fan. So Kyle, congratulations to us. Uh, you did have a, a bomb comment. Breggy bomb. Alex Bregman did have a home run that helped set up the comeback. Samuel Rowe, Tony, you told us about this comment before we got really into the show. Uh, the very first comment, actually, on tonight's roundtable says, and I'm not being facetious at all. I would never do that. Uh, says, I am a big Eagles fan. I know we eat feces in Boo Cancer Memorials and Saints, but being classless is all we got. I wish we fixed the Liberty Bell and had a city like NYC or D.C. Howman, you are a pretty cultured person. Would you agree that Philadelphia is among the worst cities in the uh, – we'll just stick to the continental United States? Um, well, I've only ever been to Philadelphia once, um, and it was, uh, I forget the actual year, but it was the year that the Cowboys, um, beat the Eagles in the last week of the year. 
and then went to the playoffs the, the very next week. Oh, nine. Again in the playoffs. Oh, nine. There you go. And I was in Philly for two days, wore nothing but Cowboys jerseys everywhere, everywhere I went. Um, so needless to say, my experience with the people of Philadelphia was not that great. Um, mm. Two out of ten would not go back. Mm. Good for you. Did you have a cheesesteak? Is that like cliche? I did, and it honestly did not live up to the hype. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan, have you ever been to the city of brotherly love? No, and, and I won't go. Uh, if you did, would you run the Rocky steps just to kind of experience it? You're kind of a, a movie I would, fan. I would, I, mean, I, would, I would like to run the Rocky steps. Okay, that's well said. But By I the would, way, Dan, I would, go I would ahead. probably be running from people because I too right. would be in my Cowboys gear too. And um, well, you might be cold. It's, you know, we're getting to that time of year. Kyle, um, Kyle Wolf says in the chat that you and I need beards. We are the uh, the lone beardless, forty uh, percent beardless over here. So, um, wow. Okay. Um, once again, there is a BTB roundtable crown up for grabs. Tony, prediction: Who do you think is going to win it? You know what? I, I gotta, I gotta shout out and give credit to myself. I think I'm gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Halman, who's your pick, uh, pick to win it all? I think it's all me. Okay, Dan, you're gonna continue the the trend here and pick yourself. Well, no, you know it's interesting. Like, you know, I. I remember going back to back the last time I was here. And then I find out like last week, everybody won. It's like mm-hmm. the, the one week I'm not here that geez, I'm a little bit actually agitated by that. So I, you know what? I actually think it's going to be Brandon. I'm going to go with Brandon. Brandon. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. You don't have a solo win yet, Brandon. Who do you think wins tonight? I mean, I'd like to get off the schneid with that cat, with that stat, but uh, I'm going to have to go probably Hallman. He's always, he's always bringing up some great points. So, I mean, it's, a, it's close though. This whole cruise pretty darn good. All right. Well, let's get started then. And, um, you know, full disclosure, I was watching the game all afternoon, so didn't exactly prepare, but flying by the seat of my pants is uh, what I excel at. So, Tony, let's get started with you. General question, just kind of a, a wide net that we're casting. You can take this wherever you want. How are we feeling about the Cowboys? The 4-1 and Dallas Cowboys, who have won four games in a row against both of last year's Super Bowl participants, in between those breads of the sandwich, two division wins, one on the road. I do think that a subplot we're ignoring, by the way, is that the Cowboys are done with 66% of their road divisional games as of Sunday night. But, Tony, your thoughts. How are you feeling about our Dallas Cowboys? I mean, I feel outstanding about it. Um, honestly, with Dak Prescott in there, I had them going three and two in the first five games. So even with my best estimation, trying to be honest, I didn't have them going four and one. I thought they were going to lose to the Rams, and I thought they were, you know, I thought they would lose one of the Buccaneers or Bengals game, and that turned out to be true. But you know, the Cooper Rush, I've I've been a detractor of Cooper Rush, but only in the sense of the Dak Prescott comparison rush mm-hmm. has done everything he's supposed to do. And I'm super grateful for him to kind of just get out of the way. You know what I mean? Like hand the ball off, you know, make some throws, protect the football. He's doing everything they've asked him to do, but this defense is outstanding. The special teams is, is making plays. Uh, it's, it's tough to see this team before and one with everything we've seen over the last month and some change and not be excited by what you see. Okay, Halman, I'm going to piggyback off of Tony's idea here, and I'm going to type this up as soon as you begin talking, but um, because I want to see a fight, who do you give the most credit to here? Now, to be clear, we can give credit to multiple people, all right? So so this isn't like a Halman's only giving credit to one person here, but Halman, who do you give the most credit to for what is happening as a whole right now? I mean, I don't think my answer is going to shock anybody. It's Mike McCarthy. Um, I'm, I'm going with the head coach, and uh, I mean... Uh, I, I pointed this out in, in this week's uh, McCarthy Chronicles, which is up at Blogging the Boys. Um, and 
when Mike McCarthy was introduced as the head coach to from that roster that was there when he was at that press conference to today, they've had 60 players leave, walk out the door in one way or another and 60 new players come in. So, you know, the, when, when he was first hired, we were talking about Mike McCarthy's coming in to elevate this roster that's already talented. But in reality, there's been a bit of a rebuild on the fly. And, you know, he's he's gotten rid of a lot of players that kind of uh, embodied some of the worst tendencies of the Jason Garrett era. He brought in guys that fit more his mentality of, of how he wants football to be played. And it's exactly what we've been seeing this year. I mean, you know, the, the, the first, first week they get beat pretty badly. Dak Prescott's out. And then they respond with four straight wins, backup quarterback. They've been stepping up in areas where they need to. And that's that pretty much embodies the the mentality, the culture, whatever you want to call it, that McCarthy has preached in the past in Green Bay and has been trying to instill here. And with with them sitting at four and one, nobody really expects him to be doing this well. And they're reflecting their head coach. So I I it got it's gotta start with him because they've built this team into his image and it's paying off pretty well. So something I like to say often, Hellman, is that when Mike McCarthy held the press conference that, you know, buried him in a lot of people's eyes for his comment at the very end of it, Travis Frederick was his starting center like that. that it was that long ago. I mean, he would go on to retire, obviously, and, and you can make an argument that McCarthy kind of knew that was coming down the bend. Um, a couple of people with some thoughts on what you had to say, Hellman, and then we'll get to the one who has the thought. Uh, Ron, first of all, Ryan Wolf, no, uh, not sure if there's a relation to Kyle. Uh, maybe there's a pack um, going on here. But Ron, the Don, uh, he said, oh, brother, Ron, the Don said, I can't blame Hellman. Have to give his credit for resiliency. I think he's talking about McCarthy's resilience, maybe not yours, although you've certainly exemplified your own as well. Kevin says, I resentfully have to give, so it's like, you know, you're inciting resentment. I resentfully have to give five points for that answer as much as I hate to admit it. Those have been documented for you, Hellman. ATS-V says Hellman's McCarthy Chronicles was outstanding and the team is indeed taking on the personality new attitude. By the way, you can read David Hellman's McCarthy Chronicles and everybody's uh, work here at blogontheboys.com. Please go support us over there. Dan, um, you know, I didn't line y'all up this way and you know, on purpose, but you know, we do like to go clockwise. It kind of worked out this way. You have, you had a tweet actually late Sunday night after the Cowboys beat the Rams. Uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't even want to paraphrase it, but it was essentially saying that no credit is really deserved by Mike McCarthy here. Your thoughts counter to what Hellman had to offer, maybe not counter just in general. No, I have a couple things to say. Uh, first off, I think that to me, I, I don't think this is even close. I think the, m most of the credit goes to Dan Quinn. I think you can kind of see that the team, the identity of the team, I mean, this this whole team, we are carried by our defense. And he has done so much with this group of players. And not only just with his coaching, but just with the, the types of players that, that we, he's brought in over the last couple of years. Uh, I just think it's just... I mean, from I, I can't even count how how deep this defensive team, this group is. So I mean, I don't, to to me, here's the thing with McCarthy, and it's weird to, to to talk about this because I've been, I mean, I've actually been on these roundtables defending him at times, and so to me, I, you know, I'm not, I don't think much of McCarthy. He's he's kind of like a 75. You know, that's the grade I give him, and he'll go up a little and he'll go down a little, and I don't like the sky is falling with him. A lot of people do that. They just you know the wind blows and they just they're they're so like uh, you know rj's expression you know they're a prisoner of the moment and i think that when the cowboys are losing they don't like him and when they're winning they think he's better than he is so to me i'm not going to be like that i i hold you know he gets he every time he does something good and i, I think he deserves credit by all means 
then he his his credit score goes up. But it's not gonna. I don't just forget everything that's happened, you know, to get to this point. So that that's where I feel, and I I really I don't like us trying to tear people apart, this team apart, like taking away from the great work the front office has done to give them these players and or or try to pick this coach versus this coach is better. We don't know who's doing what in there. So I think, you know, I think we should give Mike McCarthy credit. He absolutely, he deserves it. Um, but I just think that it's, to me, it's not like McCarthy has just come and saved this Cowboys team. Cause I mean, I was here in 2020. I know what, I know what's going I know what he's done. I've seen what he did in his last years in green Bay. So, you know, it's, I'm not going to be just going buying McCarthy stock. So no. Dan, I do want to ask you one follow-up to that. I, I liked what Hellman said and wrote about how the Cowboys have kind of been in, in a soft, you know, underrated rebuild of sorts. That was an argument that a lot of us, yourself included, I believe, made for Jason Garrett circa 2011 through 2013. Kept the team afloat, kept them competitive, 8-8. Eight and eight. Everybody obviously knows while they built the offensive line that helped sustain the excellence that they're still kind of reaping the benefits from. I do think there's something fair to that. I mean, and you can argue that um, kind of at the time as well, you know, the Cowboys have benefited from a soft division and not exactly like a huge threat. Maybe they timed it out that way on purpose. But a lot of these things have been unforeseen. I mean, that, that McCarthy has had to overcome and he's even had to, you know, overcome from a coaching standpoint, some bad misses by the front office. You mentioned 2020, Joe McCoy got hurt. Dontari Poe was a huge miss. I mean, the Cowboys have, have not just hit home runs in free agency in the draft. Yeah, I don't know the first guy you said and, uh, I forget because they don't invest in big names. So if they miss out, then who cares? We don't, it's not costing them. But I, I want to say that the one thing about McCarthy that I think people forget, and one thing about this Cowboys team that I think people forget is Jason Garrett has, this Cowboys defense has not been this good in many, many years. I mean, you might even, you have to go past even Bill Parcells and he was a great defensive coach and he brought a really good defense with not a lot of talent on that team. But the Cowboys have never had this. So while we're talking about what McCarthy's doing, let's just keep in mind that, I mean, I would love to see Jason Garrett with the defense this good. I mean, we won't know because that's a hypothetical that we'll never see. But, I mean, we have to we have to say that McCarthy is – he has is given a, a, a fantastic defense. He's not given, but he has a fantastic defense. Dan Quinn has a lot to do with that. And I tell you what, when you can do what he's doing with the, the offense – not doing what they're doing. I mean, that that says a lot. So, I mean, we can we can credit McCarthy all we want, but I mean, to have a defense like this, that's just a treasure this Cowboys team has not had in a, in a long time. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brandon, was Sunday the most impressive win in the Mike McCarthy era? And I think we're all willing to acknowledge that the Rams are not like whoa, but they are the reigning Super Bowl champs. It was in their building. I mean, it is against a, a high quality coach in Sean McVay. Um, those factors are all real and tangible. Um, or do you think that the Cowboys have had a more impressive win in this regime? I think the, I think the most impressive win will actually be coming up this weekend. That's my Look at this game. guy. Okay. All that's, right, Brandon. That's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm calling my shot on. It. I think, I think McCarthy brings in a great team for, uh, for Philly. And I think they come out with a big victory, but I, I want to add a little bit to what Danny was saying with the McCarthy grade of 75 that I think that's a C grade. So C's get degrees in college. So that's, I mean, that's not terrible. So we'll, we'll take that. But I, I have to follow up though with Dan saying uh, about Dan, McQu uh, Dan uh, Quinn. I think Dan, Dan Quinn is the guy. So I just wanted to add, add to that. So, but yeah, McCarthy, the most impressive win. I mean, I mean, they've all been pretty good this year. I mean, you can't, I can't really give it, you know, two thumbs up for the Rams because the Rams are kind of down this year and the Bengals haven't been, you know, they weren't. They haven't been as good as they, they were last year. 
So I, I think that I think the most impressive win is the the one that's coming next this coming week. All right, Tony. Um, bit of a different roundtable. We're going to look forward. We don't normally do that. Um, I'm, we're going to go around for all of you, see what what each of your answers are. So Tony, as always, you kind of serve as our guinea pig in this sense. Um, Sunday in Philadelphia, Brandon's very confident is the biggest Cowboys game since when, in your estimation? Mm. It's That's, big. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's week six. They, there's one loss between them. I mean, it's tough. Um, my mind's blanking on me because, I, t- to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know if this is the biggest game. You know what I mean? I don't know if this year it's big in the moment. I think it looks good on paper with them being four and one and five and zero. Oh, that's fine. I think the game slightly means a little bit more to the Cowboys because it just creates more separation than a loss. But the biggest game since when? Um, just to just to add for the commenters, Tony uh, AJ asked regular season or playoffs. This is obviously a regular season question. Like obviously playoffs are inherently you know bigger and more significant than any. Yeah, season. yeah. I mean, because like you said, I mean, obviously the 49ers game last year didn't go our way. It was obviously a big game, but uh, if if we're counting playoff games, I would say the Seahawks win in the playoffs. You know, with, with uh, Dak Prescott kind of getting the monkey off the back, getting that playoff. We're not. Victory. We just said we just specified yeah, we're not counting trying- playoffs. <laughs> You're, you're, you're talking about the history since like <laughs> like 60 years of this football team me trying to figure it out well i mean like we're talking about like you know the dak prescott era i mean you know like like what was a bigger game what had this much juice i mean it's it's pretty it's it happens to be on sunday night football it happens yeah. to be in philadelphia like it's it's pretty epic we'll come back to you tony this okay. was unfair everybody else had a little bit of time <laughs> Alman, uh your answer um biggest game since uh cardinals last year because uh, going into that game, everybody was talking about, well, one, they were talking about how the Cowboys, all their wins have come against really bad teams. They haven't beaten a good team yet. Um, Dak was going through his slump at that point. And also the Cardinals were going through a slump too. And everyone mm. was talking about Cliff Kingsbury, second half of the year, he's just, he, he doesn't win. And, you know, that was one of those games where if if the Cowboys could win, then it's a team with a winning record that they beat. And, you know, if a couple other games that weekend went their way, then they would be in position to potentially even get that number one seed in the NFC. And that was a situation where it was like, you know, and and even for me as a McCarthy uh, supporter, I was saying, this is a game where, you know, it's going to reflect the McCarthy culture and they're going to, they're going to stand up. They're going to rise to the moment. And they didn't. Um, So now here we have another similar opportunity where, Cowboys right now have they're in a tie for the second best record in in the NFC. If they beat the Eagles, then they'll they'll have control of their destiny to go and and try to get that number one seed. So it's an early pivotal moment, kind of similar in stakes, even though it's earlier in the year. Um, and I I would be I would be very excited to see them, unlike last year, actually rise to the occasion. Danny, biggest Cowboys game since when? I'm going to say it's the biggest Cowboys game since last game because honestly <laughs> oh damn come on no i mean look where we were a week ago and we were in the same same situation we are now it's like no one's really you know we have our doubts so we'd be great to win but you know no one's if we lose we're not going to be like we're go, you know we're ready to make excuses so uh to me i think i think last week it was a big win for the cowboys i think the way that they're doing this you know with cooper rush and in the way that they're playing and you're winning with the with basically playing small balls, so to speak. I think that 
I think that was impressive. I mean, I, I, I remember talking with Jess on the Twitter space in the pregame show that to, that was a statement game. And to me, I feel like this week against Philadelphia is a, a chance for another statement. So, I mean, I, you know, I hate to just like, you know, be on kind of a Jason. Got to be 1% better. Got to be better today than we were yesterday. You know, let's just, you know just one, let's take one game at a time, you know, and uh, I think, no, to me, it's, I'm not, I've just, I'm just still savoring the moment of, uh, of the Rams. And so I'm not, I'm not going back any further than that. You know what, Dan, that's respect. It's not the fun I was looking for, but it is the most sound answer. Um, so, you know, points for that. Brandon. Uh, it's tough for me too. I mean, I had, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I guess I would have to go with, and I'm going to take it back to honestly Dak and Zeke's rookie year when they went against a really good Pittsburgh Steelers team. And when they, they went in and won the game at the end of the game, I think it was a, a big run by Zeke, if I'm not mistaken. And that, and that Steelers team back then had a hand Antonio Brown before he lost his mind. And then he had, they had left bell in there. So that was, I mean, especially with two rookies going to Heinz field and doing, doing what they did against the Steelers at their home. That to me, that was a big game, and, and, and from what I can remember, that's a good answer. That was a great win. Um, the late Gavin Escobar had an incredible block that sprung Zeke loose on that game-winning touchdown run. Um, just a really fun game. Rookie Anthony Brown did not get fooled on the uh, the fake spike. By the way, in that game, it's an underrated moment um, from that game. Tony, I'll buy you even more time for me. Um, I thought about going Cowboys Eagles in Philly in 2014, the Des Bryant Nolan Carroll game. Um, but the more I thought about it, it was a game I think you were also at, the Cowboys game in New England in 2019. That was a, a really like, okay, you, you're supposed to, you know, they had had the three games to start the season and then a little bit of a bump in the road. Go to New England, go to Foxborough, beat the Patriots there. It's raining, who cares, blah, blah, blah. Prove your, your status, prove your worth. And they floundered and they failed. And obviously that season kind of unraveled. And um, not to poke at Jason Garrett again, but that was, you know, maybe the, the real tugging of the thread to begin um, the end. So that, that was not a, a, a moment that they lived up to. Uh, certainly, but do you have an answer yet, Tony? Have we bought you enough time collectively? You did. It's okay. gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be in Dak Pres Prescott's rookie year. The Steelers game was something I thought about, you but cannot, I thought of, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say that the the first battle with Aaron Rodgers when they won 30 to 16 in 2016. I think that was the first time. Um, you know, it was what is this young kid about, right? What is Ezekiel Elliott? What is Dak Prescott? What's this next era of Dallas Cowboys football looks like? And going against a guy like Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, I think they stepped up. Obviously, we know how the playoffs went that year, and they got their revenge on that. But in that moment, you know, going against the Packers is always like a, a dicey thing for us as Cowboys fans, and I think they, they brought it to them that day. And um, so I think since 2016, this might be that big of a game. That was Dak Prescott's first interception uh, came in that game. Uh, everybody made a big deal. He shook Brett Favre's hand at halftime and then poof, um, right away. The Packers wore those ugly throwback uniforms, by the way, in that game. I think that was actually the Cowboys' last win at Lambeau, uh, of course, until a few weeks from now. Uh, like Missy Elliott, we're going to put this thing down, flip it, and reverse it for the next question. Uh, so, Brandon, what needs to happen on Sunday for the Cowboys to win? Nobody can copy anybody's answer here. So, Brandon, you get the first pick. I think it comes down to defense. They're just going to have to play really good, sound football. Micah's going to have, have to have a really good game. And I think the X factor in the game is Micah Parsons, obviously. But in another, like the big thing about that is he needs to be, I, I think he needs to almost be almost like a quarterback spy on, on Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is very dangerous with the ball in his hands. He's, he's passing at a 68% clip right now. So, I mean, between his running ability and his passing ability, I think, I think you have to lock down Jalen Hurts. Or guess what? If if you if you let those receivers get loose, I mean they have AJ Brown, they have Devontae Smith, 
and they also have uh, Dallas Goddard. So they so it, it comes down to defense. Defense wins championships, and defense needs to come up big. And the offense just needs to just do what they need to do. But it's it's defense in this game. Dan, so you can't touch defense. Brandon took the whole thing. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a great <laughs> answer too. And you know, I I'll say this: these last few games, I. You know, as impressive as the defense is, I, I just keep waiting for things to like for them to just not be able to keep holding it. So to me, what I think and, and I and I feel the same way, I feel like this game, th- this is the game where they're going to actually need some help on the offensive side. So I think the quarterback for the Cowboys needs to play a clean game. And I think that he needs to he needs to throw the ball downfield. I don't think that this is going to be one of those games where we can just kind of play a little field position, a few Maher field goals, and, and come away with the win. I think that, that we actually are going to have to rely on the offense to to move the ball and score. So I, I, my answer is going to going to be we need some high-quality quarterback play this week. Mm, that has, uh, contrary to what people on the book of faces think, been absent uh, from this Dallas Cowboys offense. Hellman? Uh, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction instead of it needing Good to be. Good for you, Hellman. Three points right off the bat. All right, go for it. <laughs> Instead of it needing to be Cooper Rush, although I would happily take a big game from him, um, the Cowboys need to they need to commit to what has been working for them, and that's been the run game. Um, the Eagles so far, right now, they're um, I'm looking at it right now. They are 25th in run defense DVOA. Their run defense has not been good. The issue, though, is that they are seeing the second fewest rushing attempts of any defense in the nation, and a big part of that is because a lot of their games they've been playing from from with a lead. And so, you know, obviously teams have to abandon the run to an extent and they try to throw it more, but they're the, the Eagles worst defensive performance came in week one against the lions. And they actually, the lions actually put up more points offensively than the Eagles. Of course, the Eagles had a pick six that ended up putting them over in the final score, but the lions did it with their running game. They committed to their run. They didn't go away from it. And that's their bread and butter. And it's been the Cowboys bread and butter. So they need to be able to, to continue to run the ball, continue to be effective with it as they have been most of this season. Uh, and they also need to, you know, actually score points so that they're not going to be playing from behind and be forced to abandon it. Mm, very good answer. Tony, good luck following that. Yeah. I mean, I had three guys that had <laughs> some really good. Tony, answers. you get to go first all the time. Come on I, now. I can't you know. set up my answer, man. You're killing me. Um, <laughs> no, okay, that's my bad. That's my bad. No, you're good. Um, so I say three good answers from three good people, but I, I Mine is a little bit more like boom or bust. And I think the special teams needs to find ways to make some plays. I think last week we saw how big of a difference, you know, when you get a block punt and how that changes the dynamic of the game. I think Cavante Turpin has to get loose and make some plays. I think uh, Bones Fossil is going to find a way to really impact this game. And, and if they're able to win like decisively on that third phase, I think the Cowboys can come out of Sunday night with a W. Um, I love all these answers. Um, I love some of them more. I'm not going to tell anybody. It's just kind of how I want to rock. Um, I'm going to get to a question from the chat because I really like it. But to kind of piggyback off of this, um, how many you kind of touched on the run game? Um, Tony Pollard was a recent guest here uh, in the blog in the boys universe. You can watch the interview that we have with him here on the YouTube channel. He actually broke down his 57 yard touchdown run. It was very cool. Uh, you can listen to the podcast conversation, but you are missing that video element. But if you're here on YouTube already, you can just scroll back on our channel and check it out. So 
Uh, we'll go, uh, we'll reverse it once again. I can't make the Missy Elliott reference, you know, two times in a row. Uh, but that being said, Tony, you go first. Can the Cowboys win on Sunday if they don't get a big offensive play? Just you got to get one. And and by that, I mean, you know, we look at the win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tony Pollard had the 46-yard pitch that he took all the way to the one-yard line. Tony Pollard had the big touchdown run on Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. Tony Pollard had the 57-yard touchdown run that we just talked about against the Rams on Sunday. Absent of that, if they do not get – like, what, what's the bare minimum if your answer is yes like or no? Uh, if, if you don't think the Cowboys can win that way, do they need a 30-yard play, a 40-yard play? Like, because this offense can't march up and down the field consistently um, to Dan's point about getting elite or, you know, passable quarterback play in a given game. I think with this defense, I think I think the answer is they don't need it. I, obviously, they've had the benefit of it happening, so they've continued to win because of things like that, and they've been very responsive. When the defense goes out and scores a touchdown, they've always been able to answer that so far this year. I just think this offense with Cooper Rush under center is death by paper cuts. If they can find a way to kind of matriculate the ball down the field and kind of just eat up time and just be you know effective – Th- that should be enough with this defense. Now it, it's the, the the Eagles themselves are a really interesting offense because they have explosive potential, but then they go ghost for two quarters at a time. So it's it's I don't I don't know if the Cowboys are going to need that. I know they're going to have to play really good football in all three phases to you know to stay in it if Rush is under center, but they don't need it. They just need to play efficient, you know, protect the football and not give the ball away. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Talman. I don't think they have a chance if they don't get a big offensive play. Um, And that's, you know, you kind of highlighted it when you you asked the question. They've had some of those big explosive plays through most of these games. Um, but uh, Football Outsiders has a stat that they call drive success rate, and it measures the rate at which uh, a given series of downs results in either a first down or a touchdown. The Cowboys right now, their offense is has the second worst drive success rate on offense. Not last, baby. And they're not last, but they are pretty close. Um, so, I mean, this, this kind of – it sounds right because it's what we've been seeing – they get, you know, a couple big plays here and there, but they're not moving the chains. They're not putting the ball in the end zone. They have the second most field goal attempts in the entire NFL. Luckily, Brett Maher has been great. He's been, you know, aside from that one kind of long shot in New York in the wind, he's been perfect. But against a team like the Eagles that they've been scoring a lot of points, and I have faith in the defense, but you need to put the ball in the end zone. You need to have have a drive that actually results in seven. 
and they have struggled to do that, and they've been getting worse at it as like the longer that Cooper Rush has been playing, unfortunately. So that that needs to change, or I don't think they're going to have a shot. Howman is a um, Howman. Uh, sorry, uh, Danny is is a is a big offensive player prerequisite for victory for the Cowboys here in Philadelphia. No, it's not. Uh, the Cowboys have shown that they can win with very minimal from the offense. Uh, I, I, I honestly, you know, I think this is a very tough game for them, and I don't think they can get away with this again. But I wouldn't say that it's an absolute. I mean, if I can, I can envision a scenario where it, this is it's the same same offense and the Cowboys can still pull this out because but they've gotten it in three of their four wins you know like and without that play in those three games you can argue that they, they certainly lose the Giants game without it maybe the Bengals game maybe they still beat the Rams but that was their only offensive touchdown against the Rams yeah no I mean you're right I I just the, the Cowboys defense can I mean to me you know um Jalen Hurts is such a wild card I mean he could he could turn around and, and make and make this uh you know, put this game out of reach and he could turn around and just look, the Cowboys could just blow him up and, you know, look terrible and put him out of MVP talk for a while. So, I mean, there's, there's a, diff, a, a couple different scenarios here that, you know, this is where this game could go. But so, I mean, I, I, just, I don't say it's absolute must because this defense can, they, they, they never cease to amaze me with how they play. So they could do it again. And I wouldn't be surprised, but as I said earlier, I do think it's very much going to be a game where they, they're going to have to they're going to have to you know the offense is going to have to do their part this time to have a chance have a chance so Brandon I think we all agree that a big offensive play obviously helps their chances um which has been the case for most of this winning streak do you think it is a necessity though for a path to victory I mean it's optimal that we get a big player a big player too but no I don't think it's it's necessary to pull out a win I think what you have to do is a, a recipe that we could go with is is pound the ball with Zeke, pound the ball with Pollard, four to five yards at a time. That's going to move the chains. And and to me, I don't I don't want to see you know fast paced drives. I kind of want to see them try to grind this out and just run the heck out of it, you know, and throw some passes in there just to keep the defense honest. Because what I've noticed with with, with Dallas is the defense is very strong. We obviously know that, but when you when you watch later in the games, and actually even at halftime this past week, Micah Parsons looked gassed. So. I think if you have these long drives, it doesn't have to be bangers of, you know, 45, you know, 40, 50 yard touchdowns. If you do four to five yards at a time and just pound the rock, have a nice, a nice handful of drives throughout the game and keep the defense fresh, keeping the defense fresh is going to be our, our best chance at winning this game. And as long as the special teams keeps doing what they're doing, I mean, Maher has been great this year. I mean, anger has been pretty good. He's had a couple shanks here and there, but overall the defense and the special teams are not, I don't think they're going to lose this game. So it just we just got to grind it out four to five yards at a time and, and and just give our defense a little bit of a, a little bit of a break and then I, I think well, I think all systems go mm. um all right good chat all right let's go back uh we're gonna it's, if it isn't obvious we're just kind of pinging and ponging in terms of the order here this question comes to us from Kyle Wolf this is not a debate as far as who is better for the Cowboys this is a prediction which quarterback is going to be playing on Sunday night for the Dallas Cowboys Brandon We'll find out more tomorrow, just just to set the stage. Uh, what we will learn a lot on Wednesday with the injury report and whatnot, but we do not know that at the time of this stream. Uh, so, Brandon, your answer. I'm going to go with Cooper Rush. I think at this point, all signs are pointing in that direction. But, I mean, yes, I mean, things can change in the next 24, 48 hours. But at this point, I think Cooper Rush is going to be our quarterback on uh, Sunday Night Football. Danny Phantom. I mean, does it really matter? They're the same guys, right? They're, they're... <laughs> 
no, uh, no, I think it's it's going to be Cooper too. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how when Dak's coming back, and I, and I also, as I mentioned this before, I don't expect Dak to just come in and just be fantastic. So to me, whether it's Dak or Cooper, I think it's going to be a really tough game for the Cowboys. But I do think that we're going to see Cooper rush one more week. Okay, so two votes for Cooper, David Hammond. I mean, it's obviously going to be Will Greer, right? <laughs> um, yeah, right near, right near this neck of the woods, right, kind of near West Virginia. It's all the same. All those states. I mean, Tony, yeah. Brandon, you know, they're a bit, one big state. <laughs> yeah. It's the perfect plan. No, I, I, I think it'll be Cooper Rush. Mike McCarthy uh, has been pretty consistent in being conservative, playing it safe with with injuries and bringing guys back. Um, I know he, he says he wants Dak to have a f- full week of practice. And he might even get that in. We'll see how things go on Wednesday. But uh, I think that, you know, right now they're basically choosing between bringing him back in Philly on the road against an undefeated team or at home a week later against the Lions, who I'm I'm still going to – I'm probably still going to be taking them to to win that game because I think it will happen. But they have not looked that good, especially on defense lately. So that's going to be a more appealing matchup. I think they'll play it safe. Tony, if I know you, you have let yourself daydream on a drive at some point in the last 48 hours about what it would be like for Dak to return on Sunday night and, and to slay the Eagles and, and just kind of shock the world. Um, a, is that true? B, who is your answer? Of course it's true. <laughs> but no, I, but the reason why I think Dak Prescott has a chance is A, it's not Wednesday yet. So the, the possibility of what tomorrow brings for Dak Prescott is still there. But I try to read through what, what Jerry Jones said. Jerry Jones, first off, divulged that Dak is going to be throwing and throwing a lot this week. That's what they told us this whole thing was about. Can he throw the football? Is he able to do it at a functional way with this grip strength and everything? If he goes out there and he and he's throwing the ball a ton Wednesday and his hand responds correctly on Thursday, they're going to see it again on Thursday. And that's kind of how it snowballs in effect. So this was always the game that they kind of circled like unofficially that they thought they can get him back. I know people are trying to like hedge bets and, and say like, well, it's Cooper Rush and this and that. And, and it's and you know what? There is a real chance that Dak can end up sitting this week, but there's nothing definitive about the way I feel. And I'll tell you what, we were listening to the game and I know it was a, an intense game. But when Tom, um, when Tom Rinaldi came out there and said Dak, maybe it's gamesmanship from Dak. But when he said he squeezed his hand, he he didn't notice any any swelling in his hand. Dak made a joke about the strength of his hand when he was crushing his knuckles on the handshake. Like these are just little things that I wonder if Dak and and his people just say like, all right, everyone's counting me out for this week. And you know, this is the week that I want to come back and they understand the importance. And by the time they kick off on Sunday, it'll be almost five weeks to the day anyway, since the surgery. And that's right smack dab in the middle. If you believe that four to six week timeline. So I think Dak Prescott got a chance, but I guess tomorrow one of us or all of us will be wrong or right. We'll see. Tony, you bring up something I forgot about. So an extra two points to you for that. Um, I don't know if anybody of you saw this um, on, you know, that I tweeted out. If you aren't paying attention to my tweets. Hey, what the hell? But um, on Saturday, when the Cowboys were traveling to Los Angeles, Dak Prescott was wearing um, a T-shirt. I think the Cowboys Pro Shop sells them. It's got like a vintage looking Roger Staubach on the cover. It was awesome. Like, that's always like such a cool thing in sports. In the photo, though, Dak Prescott's thumb was braceless. There was nothing on the thumb whatsoever in that particular photo. That was on Saturday. On Sunday, Tony, to your point, when Dak seemingly shook Tom Rinaldi's hand, um, the brace was there. So my question to each of you, it's kind of a you know sub- subjective thing, but 
and Tony, you can go first. Do you think there is some gamesmanship, some um, whatever Mike Mc- – we know Mike McCarthy believes in keeping all of his cards close to the vest here. Uh, do you think that Dak wearing the brace during the game is intentional, at the very least for the purposes of keeping everybody in the dark? I absolutely believe that. And the reason why I believe that is kind of the way Jerry Jones is is talking. And, you know, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, Jerry Jones is very he's an open book about almost everything. But this week, this is the week where he's like, well, we're going to have to see Dak do some things after this. <laughs> you know, this whole time he's been saying, yeah, Dak's going to be ready maybe for the Rams game. He's been blowing smoke up. Everybody they th- they said the commander's game, by the way, right. he might be back for. Yeah. Right. So this whole time they've had this crazy timeline. And now that we're actually getting closer to his return, they're like, well, we'll have to see. He's got to be able to grip the football. But it's like. I don't know. I think there is some gamesmanship. I think Dak goes up to Rinaldi knowing he's going to report it and say, yeah, how's my grip strength? I'm going to crack your knuckles. Like, I just think there is a lot of it. And I think a lot of it is kind of BS. But when you're playing the Eagles and they have to prepare for two quarterbacks, I don't think it's a crazy idea. Hellman, um, the Cowboys very, very famously, perhaps infamously, however you define it, um, did not announce that Cooper Rush was going to start against the Minnesota Vikings last week or last year until the day of they kept all of those cards very close to the vest which was impressive because that to Tony's point doesn't generally happen when Jerry Jones does his his uh bi-weekly um interviews do you think that that there's a little bit of poker happening here with Mike McCarthy and the brace and being public about this that and the other yeah I think I think that's pretty much McCarthy's MO um if, if we think back to his uh, his first training camp when they when they had that uh, kind of walkthrough and they took all the number or all the names off the jersey oh and couldn't tell who was who, um, which which seemed a little you know little extreme, but uh, McCarthy's he 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 wants to keep as many things secret as possible. I do think it's possible though that Dak was actually wearing the brace in that photo and the Cowboys PR team just went in and photoshopped it out, which would be even even more gamesmanship. That would be, um, I would prefer that reality more, honestly. Um, Danny, do you think um, that there is some some trickeration at play here? No, I'm not a big subscriber to trickeration. So, Dan, you uh, love Survivor and things like this. Like, this kind I of stuff happens Survivor. all the time on this show. I, like, what I do you do, fake idols and whatnot? Now you, now you don't believe. No, I, I just, I don't think, no. I don't, there's some things that that I just a little bit too far fetched for me. I mean, it, it it's it's possible, but but I don't think so. If I had to if I had to put my chip somewhere, I'd say no. Um, I think one thing too. I think Prescott Prescott was going to come back too early. Whenever he comes back, I think it's going to be too early because he wants to be out there, and I think you know his grip strength will be good enough. And I think that um, I don't really know what the what he could wear to that that would sway anybody to think one way or another, but I just think that Dak's going to come out there as soon as he thinks he can be, go out there and, and make a difference. And to me, I think it's probably going to be a little bit before he's ready. But uh, one thing I did want to point out too is about that Roger Staubach t-shirt is, you know, Staubach was, he was involved in a quarterback controversy as well. And and they actually like pl- played quarterbacks, you know, in game and switched it out. So, I mean, I think that's kind of weird, you know, that, you know, quarterback controversy, you know, and here we are with the, quarterback controversy and all that trickery so uh yeah well you know um the denver broncos are probably looking for a quarterback next year so cooper rush can follow the craig morton path uh to a t uh no pun intended with the t-shirt um situation uh brandon it is possible that maybe dak took it off for a minute let the hand air out right like we've all done that with like a bandage or something at some point in our lives and, and that it just happened to be for that moment but what do you believe do you do you subscribe a little bit to this conspiracy theory 
No, I'm kind of with Dan on this. I, I just kind of think I think he was just kind of taking it off, just like you said. You know, wow. I've had injuries over the years. You just take it off, let things breathe out. I'm not going to read too much into it. I think the biggest thing that I want to see is what progresses on Wednesday and Thursday this week. That really is going to tell us where where things are going. But no, I I, I mean, could it be gamesmanship? Um, yes. I mean, it's used car salesman Jerry Jones we're talking about. So we 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 of course can uh, have some gamesmanship. But at this at this stage, I don't want to read into the tea leaves too much. I just don't. I, I think I, I still think um, barring anything Wednesday or Thursday, it, you know, I think it's it's Cooper Rush's team on uh, on Sunday night. Brandon, Dan, I hope you both enjoy your vanilla ice cream and you know, like just Delicious. straight up Kellogg Golden Flake cereal. You know, meanwhile, Tony Howman and I that's, are eating the cinnamon that's not toast real crunch um, and, and fruity pebbles and cocoa puffs. We're living. You know, we're, we're, good. we're exploring life. Uh, Tony, we have two comments from Kyle Wolf to get to. The first one addresses you specifically. Uh, it says, live betting odds. What are you sipping on in your red solo cup? Uh, minus 250 for iced tea, minus 110 for water, plus 125 for Diet Pepsi. So I don't know what Kyle's trying to say about you, Tony. Uh, and plus 250 oh. for red Gatorade. I, it's the not, It's not even listed. It's not on there. So it's uh, just regular Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola in a red solo cup. That's it. Out of the two-liter bottle, the worst way. <laughs> um, you know what? Maybe you belong in the um the frosted flakes um you know vanilla ice cream category. And you know what? Throw some vanilla ice cream in that Coca Cola. You got a nice little Coke float. Uh, I'm a fan. Um, all right. Uh, let's play this game. This uh, Kyle Wolf is our um our MVP of the commenters today. Uh, so thank you very much, Kyle. I love this question. We'll start with you, Brandon, and go counterclockwise. Monday morning. What is the headline? And it's a headline, so none of this like rambling that you guys like to no, do, like no, a headline. No. Bam! You're all writers. Micah Parsons and the defense shuts down Jalen Hurts. Simple, straight to the point. Again, you know, uh, ice water at the restaurant. Brandon's ordering. Okay, uh, Danny Phantom, what is your headline Monday morning? There is no QB controversy in Dallas. I, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a negative implication. Like like Cooper Rush has played so poorly um, that the Cowboys have lost, and now they're needing Dak Prescott back. Is that where you're going here? Yeah, a little bit. Wow. Okay. All right. You know, let's guys, let's pick the mood up a little bit. This was a really fun question. Hellman, what is the headline on Monday morning? I think that win or lose, the headline is going to be Sean Payton interested in the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Howman is playing the game uh, very, very, very well. By the way, Sean Payton was on Kay Adams' show today uh, and mentioned that the opportunity he will be looking for is one that ownership in the front office works together in concert. Uh, so, um, you know, read that what you will. Ethan, by the way, says Dak is back. Um, I love that. That's a great, easy, obvious, low-hanging fruit headline if he does play. Uh, F. Kit Crutch says Cowboys own Eagles on Philly. Uh, Tony Catalina, what is the headline for uh, this game? Um, and when you, this can be either the Philadelphia world, you know, media world or Dallas. It's up to you. But what is the headline on Monday morning? I wish Dan said don't rush the judgment. I think that would have been a good one. But um, I, Why do you I wish think, Dan said it? Why can't you say because, it? <laughs> because I, my, mine's positive. I, think I it's wish gonna... I said it. <laughs> oh, so you're saying like don't rush to judgment would be like negative, like again. So yeah. okay. Okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. Okay. But I, I you know, I want to steal from Megan the girls and say uh, Dallas forever, Philly for never. I think Dallas Cowboys. What kind of impartial win. publication would say something like that, Tony? I mean, nobody Only us. <laughs> I mean 
that like this has to be real. Like that that's not that's a horrible attempt. Brandon Brandon took the defense. I, I was trying to be punny and I couldn't find nothing pun. I just historic start to defense stipe stifles hurts. There you go. Tony, you took you, you took you took away my topic or part of my topic last week, so I guess I had to return the favor. Fair Tony, enough. Your your how your how many your headline is historic cowboys defense stifles hurts. Exactly. No, this is why this is why Dave rewrites all our headlines. I just, I mean, <laughs> Tony, what? Like, <laughs> listen, you, 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 you had hurts right there. Editors. You could, you could have said like, "So good it hurts." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or like anything. You could have gone in any like predictable direction. Um, like Dallas wow. leaves Jalen hurt. That's horrible. Why? Why Listen, you ain't getting a third try for me. It's just, it's just getting worse, RJ. Can we just stop it? Um, does anybody want a second chance at their headline? Brandon, Danny, looking at you. Um, I would like to say, don't rush to judgment. <laughs> there you go. I'm always better for someone else than myself. Um. Wow. Um. Brandon, did you want to give a second one? I can't follow that. That's too damn good. Um. Wow. Um. I really wanted to come up with something like um, about like counting sheep, like or you know Dak Prescott's little lamb. Like if CD Lamb has like a game-winning touchdown, like I would love that. That would be great. Um, but yeah, um, and I would love to see a photo of Nick Sirianni with the highlighter thing on just the cover of that. Dan, I, no one can convince me that he does that for like efficiency. There's no way that he. Dan, you're yeah, wearing it right purpose. now. Oh There's, yeah, I, I use that all day. I just it, you can highlight stuff whenever you want to highlight stuff. My take very, on this very practical. RJ. I've said this many different times. I really believe that Nick Sirianni wants like Eagles fans to dress up like him, and, and you know the way we see this all the time, right? Like Chiefs fans dress up like Andy Reid, or you know Jets fans used to dress up like Rex Ryan. I really believe. That Nick Sirianni wants Eagles fans walking around just like that. Wants them on on Halloween Dan at the bars with a headset on. Who are oh, Nick Sirianni? Yeah, baby, those Eagles. That it's stupid. I think it's a, the dumbest thing of all time. Outside all right. of Tony's headlines. Yeah, and t- until you need a pen. It's a head a highlighter. I mean, it is a highlighter. Um, well, um, by the way, uh, Tony AJ says Tony penalty unnecessary roughness. Again, you're like wishing injury on a player. We don't do that around here, dude. Hey. It's just a headline. Uh, <laughs> Hawaiian Cowboy says Eagles fall to Cowboys in a shocking loss at home. Oh, I love this from F Kit Crutch, by the way. Is Hurts the guy? That would be hilarious. Um, maybe like Eagles should trade for Cooper Rush is a, an evolution of that. Um, wow. Um, okay, let's um, last things. Uh, questions. What questions do we have? about the Dallas Cowboys. Danny, you get to go first. It can be anything you want. It can be a positive, negative. These are your kind of closing statements to set yourself up to win tonight's roundtable. So Danny Phantom, what question do you have about the Dallas Cowboys? You have to kind of answer it to the best of your ability, and then you have to pick who's going to go next as well. Yeah, to me, the question really is always going to be quarterback. I think that regardless of who's out there, you got we have to have someone out there that's playing well. I think for the Cowboys, if... Even, you know, we've seen this defense. They've been fantastic. We know that this could be a special season, but it's still going to come down to how well Dak Prescott plays. And I think that when he comes back, it doesn't automatically uh, mean that the Cowboys are going to be fantastic. I think that, you know, he needs to come out there and show that he's healthy and, and make plays. And then if that happens, I think this could be a really you know special season for Dallas. But to me, the question is always going to be the quarterback. So that's my answer. I'm going to go with Brandon. 
Uh, you know what? I, I got to go with the secondary. I think if the secondary can can really – that's my ma- major question. I want to see how the secondary can hold up against A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and we talked about obviously Dallas Goddard. I know, I know we've seen, you know, Trayvon Diggs can make some great plays, but he also is very beatable sometimes. And we saw that this past week by, uh, we saw he got beat twice, uh, two, uh, two, two, uh, a guy named Tutu, by the way, that's, that's different. And then, um, and then also, uh, what the heck's his name? Uh, what's the number one receiver for the Rams? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Thank you. I was having a brain fart for a second. Tutu is fast, by the way, just FYI. Tutu is fast. I remember him very well at Louisville against Syracuse a lot. So it was, uh, it was tough to see him do that against the boys, but again, I, when you saw when you see him getting beat by Cup and, and Tutu Atwell, and, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I I've I've been a I don't want to say a hater, but I'm not I'm not really the biggest Anthony Brown fan. I know I know a lot of folks really like Anthony Brown. I can't help I can't help myself. I just haven't I just have never I've never really been a fan of his. So he he's been a, a liability for me over the years. I mean, he made Antonio Brown look like the Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, era. So that, that just kind of rings, you know, rings a memory to me. So if, if the Cowboys secondary can just do a decent enough job against one of the best receivers in the game, AJ Brown, and then an up and coming star, Devontae Smith, and, and a great tight end, uh, Dallas Goddard. I think, I think that that's going to be the big difference in the game. I really think. Mm. You have to pick somebody else, Brandon. You got two uh, choices. Mm, tough. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Howman. Let's go with Howman on this one. The big question for me is how is the offense going to change once Dak Prescott comes back? Um, because we saw, you know, in week one, the whole operation, even when Dak was there, just was off. And, you know, you, you can kind of excuse that to a degree of, you know, it was their first week, a lot of new pieces in there. None of them played in the preseason and the Buccaneers defense is just really good. But then since Cooper Rush has taken over, Kellen Moore has kind of changed up the way that he's been calling the game. He's they obviously they've leaned more on on the run and that's helped in some degree. Um, but they've also given Cooper Rush a lot of play action shot plays. And especially with Noah Brown and then when Michael Michael Gallup came back, um, that's where most of Cooper Rush's production through the air has come is on those those kind of setup plays that are that lean into how how heavy they're running the ball. But when Dak Prescott comes back, are you going to keep on doing some of that stuff and know that you know, there's he can make other throws, he can make other plays, he can he can extend plays, um, or are you just going to go back to what you tried in week one, what didn't work? Uh, are you going to um, you know be asking Dak to throw it 40, 50 times a game uh, if if that's what the situation calls for? Um, I think that's really going to determine how much longevity this team has because we know that you know the defense is good, but there's going to be at least some games this year where they're going to have to score more than one touchdown in the game. They're going to have to score to keep up. Um, and obviously Dak Prescott helps you there. But I, I really need to see that Kellen Moore knows how to build an offense around Dak with the pieces that he has because you know we talked all offseason. They took away a lot of those pieces. Um, so that's that's my question, and I think the answer to it is really going to determine how far they can go this year. Mm. Tony? Finish strong. Yeah, my my questions is more specific to this week because I think we'll get a lot of answers uh, moving forward from this week. Uh, I much other than Brandon, like I kind of feel opposite. I feel really confident in the secondary. Um, I I feel 
I mean, I have a huge amount of respect for AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. I know they're guys that are game breakers who can really, you know, change the course of a game and make some plays. But I, I'm fairly confident the way Malik Hooker and, and Donovan and Donovan Wilson and those guys are able to help Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs. That there's comfortability there in that secondary. But the questions that I have is how is Dan Quinn going to scheme up? What what chess piece is he going to use to kind of keep Jalen Hurts at bay? Because I think where the Eagles hurt teams the most is when he's able to get out of the pocket, he's able to extend plays. Is it going to be Jaron Curse? Are they going to use Micah Parsons in a more off-the-ball fashion to kind of keep that and kind of counteract that? Because this Cowboys defense is athletic it's it's good enough. It's it's a high quality defense to be able to eat beat the Eagles when things are scripted and right. But when Jalen Hurts gets out and he's able to extend plays and and he's able to use his legs, that's where the Eagles have kind of made their living lately. Um, so my my question is, what is the game plan? Is what is Dan Quinn going to be able to do? Because whether it's Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush, uh, they've been able to do enough right to win football games that's evident but at the same time i'm not so much worried about the offense i think when they've been playing with the hand kind of behind their back a little bit when dak prescott comes back i think they'll be able to be efficient to make this team a more well-rounded football team Mm. we will get some answers to these questions um as the week unfolds obviously as we talked about with the dak prescott subject um all right the time has come now i asked you each to predict who would win the round table you've all seen each other's performances um, so it's time for guessing. Tony, you predicted yourself. Um, who do you think won? Easily me. Okay. How many? <laughs> who easily won in your mind? Um, I got to go with Dan. Um, you know, we, we always find ourselves on the opposite side of the argument, but, you know, credit to him. He, uh, he, he comes with, he comes with the receipts. He has, he has the evidence for his argument. And he he's a much better Nick Sirianni than Nick Sirianni. Mm. Uh, Nick, uh, who uh, who do you think won tonight's roundtable? Well, I you know I have to read the room, and uh, you know basically uh, that means like what made RJ the happiest. And so for that reason, I'm going to reciprocate it right back at at uh, Howman. I think uh, I think Howman made some good points. Uh, not so much when talking about Mark McCarthy. Uh, but you know what? I'm not the judge of this game. So, uh, but so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with David on this one. You know what? I am an impartial judge. Um, Dan, I'd like to think I'm the Jeff Probst of what's happening around here. I mean, I only care about the game and, and the advancement of it in, in, in the world. Um, so we've got one vote, uh, for everyone except for you, Brandon, uh, Tony's went for himself, obviously. Uh, Brandon, who do you think, uh, won tonight's round table? By the way, we have asked, uh, the comments, uh, Ethan said, I'm torn before saying you, um, AJ said you, Brandon, with the stones to predict the win and a hell of a debate. Kyle said, Brandon had the best headline. He wins Ron. The Don says, Brandon, um, and Kevin just chimes in and says, Dan, AJ, by the way, says Brandon. So Brandon, uh, man of the, out. oh, F kit crutch says Tony. So the crowd hates Howman tonight. Uh, Brandon, who, who do you think won? Uh, thanks. To, uh, thanks to everybody following the show tonight. So I'll say myself, but I gotta give a I gotta give a close second to uh, Mr. Phantom. Uh, thank you for the big assist. I don't know how I slipped up and could not remember one of the best receivers in the game, Cooper Cup. So, you know, I'll give you a solid second place, Dan. Uh, well, um, I'm gonna go in ascending order because I do like the drama, um, Danny. I mean, I didn't adjust this after the you know remark. Whatever, OJ. Uh, <laughs> but uh, with 28 points, uh, Danny. Uh, came in last, uh, came in fourth. Maybe that's the best way to put it uh, here tonight. Uh, with 30 
points. Tony Catalina, you finished uh, in third. So pretty embarrassing given the confidence that you had in yourself um, that you doubled down on. Um, this really came down to a win by one point. Um, and I love the commenters. They certainly had a lot to do with it. But it really came down to my Houston Astros. And I'm obviously wearing uh, an orange shirt um, because the Astros wanted people to wear orange today. Brandon knew that. So a huge congratulations to the man of the people, Brandon Clements on Twitter at Icebreaker21. You have won tonight's roundtable. Brandon, the floor is yours. How are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. I finally got my solo victory. So uh, great. It was a great night tonight. Everybody did a fantastic job. I just want to see a great win against uh, Philly this weekend. But as you can see, I'm wearing a, my uh, my hometown, Syracuse Orange. They're playing that, that, two that's two games. That works for me. That works for me. Top 20, top 20 uh, matchup at the Carrier Dome this weekend. So I think that, I think my, uh, my Syracuse Orange are going to be in the top 10 by the end of the season. The people are very happy for you, Brandon. It is your Thank first you. solo uh, title. You have technically won back-to-back titles as a part of last week's group. Um, Tony F. Kit Crutch, who voted for you, said rigged. Um, so you, you have that going for you. Also, Kyle said that you were the GOAT. Um, so, Tony, um, you didn't even get second. Um, do, you, do you feel like, um, you know, like, do you, feel, do you feel robbed in any sense, I guess? We do it for the people. And I'm a man of the people. So, you know what, RJ, if, if, if there's a little bias there, that if the fans like me, I'm a fan of it. So no big deal. Look, Brandon subliminally knew today was about the Houston Astros. All right. Um, what, what can I say? Uh, Howman, um, second place, silver medal. Um, you, you know, hey, the, the trophy case still gets full one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, and and I I should have known better. I should have worn something orange. Should have mm-hmm. should have shown up with my Astros gear. But you know, I'm a Rangers fan, so I'm I'm used to not being the best in the state. Mm. That's okay, uh, Dan. Um, creative outfit, honestly. Um, that was part of the score in the tabulation. Um, also, the beat Philly sign over your shoulder. The podcast audience did not get to see that. Um, you really did go all out, although in a losing effort tonight. But hey, you know the best part about this game is we get to come back next week and do it all over again. This is why you lift all them weights, Dan. Tony shouted out Hank Stram. Now I'm gonna shout out Bill Parcells. Yeah, you know what? First off, I want to say I predicted Brandon would win. So that's right. <laughs> but I didn't know that his two wins are going to be from a group tie and wearing the same color shirt <laughs> as RJ. But nonetheless, well deserved. Um, so congrats, congrats, Brandon. You deserve it. Um, last thing uh, as we wrap up, score predictions for Sunday. It's it's only Tuesday, by the way. David Howman uh, does a great job writing our prediction post at blogontheboys.com. You can read that later in the week. Uh, so we reserve the right to change a few things just because the week will unfold some things. But Kyle Wolf says 23-20 to 20 on a late Maher field goal. Go, boys. Tony, final score, who wins Sunday night? Uh, give me 24-17, Cowboys. Uh, Howman. 24-13, Cowboys. Danny. You're not going to like this. Uh, tw- 27-6 Eagles. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think everyone's pretty happy with the way tonight's roundtable was sorted out, all things considered. Uh, Brandon, you are very, very on record as predicting a Cowboys win, so give us a score. 27-17. Boys are going to win. Okay. Tony, um, the time has come. Uh, now, hear me out. <laughs> uh, Tony, I know that you hate being called on to give a random noise to close the show. I know you hate really nothing else in this life more. Now you did not win tonight's roundtable, Tony, but I do have something for you. You get to pick somebody that is not me to make a random noise to close the show out. And what's more is if you would like to, 
you can define the noise that they have to make. The power is in your hands tonight, Tony Catalina. Wow. Well, uh, this, is, this is a big responsibility right here. Um, you hey, know t- I want? T- Tony, I just want to say I've yeah. saved you a couple times. You have, and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that because now I need to hear it from Howman. So are you going random? Or are you going to define the noise again? Like, you know, I, I, Howman's creative. You know, he had that, he had that Leighton Vander Ash take. So I know he's got some thoughts in his head. He is so bitter about the Leighton take, Howman. <laughs> okay. Howman, the floor is yours. Yeah. You know, actually, in honor of Leighton Vander Ash, who has proved me completely wrong, I'm, I'm going to be the wolf hunter. Ooh. 